It's preseason football expectation season. Today we're talking, what is a good season for NC State in the year 2023? You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wolfpack Nation, welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college When you enter the promo code in all caps, Locked on College, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. This is Kenton Gibbs. And today we're talking football expectations in the year of our Lord, 2023. So I sort of got this idea uh, from a couple other NC State podcasts that we all know and love. Uh, this poll in particular was posted by the Two Man Wolfpack podcast, and I think there's a lot of discussion still kind of left on the table uh, to be had here. But the original tweet here reads, uh, what would you consider a, quote, good year for NC State in football this season? This team is talented. But taking into account the replacing some key defensive starters, bringing in a new offensive coordinator, and including a new starting quarterback, what would you rate a good season? And they listed four options here in the poll. The options were just making a bowl, seven to eight wins, nine plus wins, or simply no hope for this year. But the reason I find this so interesting in that I've seen a lot of varying expectations for this team here in 2023. Um, before I give my take, Kenton, what are your thoughts? What would make a good season for NC State in 2023? Seven, eight wins. And and okay. let me let me first start by saying this. I don't think people quite understand what good means. For example, if you are to go to a restaurant and have a good meal, right? What do you think that means? To me, that means that my hunger is is satisfied and that the taste was probably above average. You know, like nothing crazy, nothing world-breaking, but it was good. It was it was good. You, you enjoyed know? the meal. You enjoyed the meal. Yeah, it's like that was good. That was all right. If you're talking very good, now you're in a different territory. Now you're talking like, all right, there was something exceptional. Everything might not have been exceptional. There was something exceptional there. And then when you're talking great, you're talking phenomenal, first class, everything was what it was supposed to be. So when I'm looking at good, I'm saying to myself, there are two levels above this to hit. I think eight wins is that. I think eight wins is about seven to eight wins is, is what the seven, depending on if there's like a, a severe injury at some key, severe injuries at key positions. But I think seven, eight wins is what you would look at and say, eh, it did good enough to where no heads need to roll. I'm asking for changes depending on, again, um, if there are any serious injuries or anything like that. But for this team and what they're replacing, I don't think that people are giving a lot of credence to how difficult some of the things they're, they were are replacing were. Replacing Grant Gibson, who the offensive line looked disheveled, discombobulated, and confused without. Don't get me wrong. You've had an entire offseason without him now, so you should be better. 
But still, replacing a guy like that is never easy. Replacing a guy that's all up and through the NC State receiving book. Thayer Thomas went from a walk-on to running through the receiving history books in NC State like a Tomb Raider. Okay? And and, and so replacing him, not going to be easy. Who was the second leading receiver last year? Gavin Carter. Replacing him. You know, I mean, that's a little easier of a task to do, but even still, you're replacing your one and your two from last year. And then you go to the defensive side where you replace a, a good amount of talent as well. If you can get seven to eight wins out of that, I'm looking at you and saying, eh, you did your job. You did enough to where I'm like, this is good. This is good. This is above what I would say, like, it's completely mad because I think completely mad would be six wins, making a bowl, losing a bowl. I think that's mad. I think that's average. I think that's, you know, I think things were could have been better, could have been worse, whatever. But I think seven, eight is a good spot. Yeah, I mean, finishing at six win is the literal definition of meh, as that is 500, which is mediocre there. Seven wins, to be completely honest, I don't think I'd feel very good about seven wins. I think I would view that as a little bit of a failure of a season. I still think, you know, despite losing so many key pieces, both on the offense and the defense, we still have a lot, a lot of talent that I think kind of goes over some folks' heads in projecting this year. So my take on the matter is I think a good season for NC State in 2023 is eight wins, a minimum of eight wins, but plus obviously being in a bowl and winning that bowl. So I guess nine wins overall, but eight regular season plus a bowl. I think we absolutely have the talent to do this. And I think accomplishing anything short of this would be very disappointing. You know, we've talked about the the new offensive coordinator and Robert and I coupling this up with Brennan Armstrong joining us from Virginia. We have a lot of young, kind of unproven wide receiver talent. The running back situation was a little bit up in the air last year. A lot of, you know, new faces to learn on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, there is a lot of turnover, but I think the depth, and I saw some quotes from Tony Gibson um, today speaking about he thinks that he has the most depth in a defense this year, even more so than last year, which is that's a bold statement considering how elite the defense was last year. Um, But, you know, there is also another part of this discussion to be had. Uh, The red white podcast actually chimed into my response here. And they said that we need to move past eight wins being good as that should be the baseline. And I also agree with that. I think if you look back at the Ryan Finley, Jalen Samuel, Bradley Chubb teams, they kind of already took us to that eight win ish baseline. And of course, you know, new, new pieces, some injuries along the way, we've kind of staggered a little bit, but getting Devin Leary under the helm, we kind of return to that eight win ish baseline. I think not only do we have to continue to hit that, but yes, we do need to elevate that floor because we have had an influx of talent at virtually every position. The recruiting is slowly getting better. And if you're looking for some recruiting news, we're going to talk a lot about that on tomorrow's show. So we have a massive weekend coming up there. But we have so much talent that I feel like anything under eight wins is you're just not accomplishing what you're setting out to accomplish. And for a lot of folks, yes, eight wins, it is a good year. There are several schools that would kill for eight wins and making a bowl and winning a bowl. That'd be a great season for a lot of teams. But 
there are a large contingent of folks that are starting to look at eight wins as mediocrity. I don't think it's that, but you know, you reach a point where you're consistently hitting seven, eight wins. Yeah. You want more, you get hungry for more. And I think we've arrived there, but for this team here in 2023, I think eight wins plus a bowl. I think that's a pretty good season. All right. So let me ask you a question, Grayson. How many FBS teams are there? Total? Oh, geez. Pull a fast one on me. What's the number? Just just give me a ballpark of what you think. Total FBS teams? Something in the hundreds. Mm-hmm. 129. There it is. Now, of 129 teams, I want you to think as hard as you can about this. How many schools, if you win eight games a season for, let's say, a decade, maybe longer, a decade and a half, they won't build you a statue and name the stadium after you? Or at minimum, at minimum, you would never lose your job there. How many schools do you think fall into that criteria? I think that's a very small window. I, I'd say I'd say maybe like 10 to 15% of that 129. I, I'd say that that many is the number that if you do that, they won't build you those things and they won't do all those good things for you. I'd say of all of the teams, you have maybe 15, possibly 20, depending. 20 is aggressive. 20 is aggressive because with some, what we've seen out of some of these teams recently, you cannot tell me that I don't care how good you are historically. Nebraska knows if you win us eight games a year, we're going to shut up and be happy now. I don't care what school you or what your team was historically. There are lots of schools that eight wins is just enough. And I'm not saying that to say, well, NC State should be happy being in that group. What I am saying is this. Those schools realize it's hard to do. And even beyond that, I'm a I'm a person who believes that once a quarterback has a full year of starting and once he identifies his wide receiver, number one, and maybe even a number two then you can really get something cracking in today's game. And I think if we give MJ the time to develop that in whoever his one and two are over the next year or two, if you look at the roster in terms of age, all of the receivers, all of the skill position guys, a couple years forward. Okay, so you lose uh, you lose Trent Penix. You lose, um, what is this young man's name? Tight end. Uh, uh, touchdown Tootle, Christopher Tootle, I believe. I believe you lose Tootle if you age him two years forward. But you get an older version of Concepcion, an older version of Anthony Smith, an older version of of um, uh, so many guys, uh, Rooks as well. You get an older version of Julian Gray. You get older versions of all these guys, Michael Allen in the backfield as well. To me, when you have those guys get older, yeah, eight, eight wins, ain't going to cut it. Need to yeah. do better. But when we're looking at a situation where we're saying, okay, we're, we're counting on Brendan Armstrong to be 2021 Brendan Armstrong. And we're counting on a receiver who didn't play much at Clemson to be a, a stud for us right away here. And we're counting on a bunch of guys who last year were like auxiliary pieces to step into major performing roles. I don't think that you're putting a fair expectation on this team and saying, well, hey, we need to make this our floor on every year. Each year is its own individual year. You judge that individual year by what you have and by its own merit. This team has the, a greater defensive backfield than I think we've ever seen in NC State history. But with that being said, the linebacking core is replacing a lot, replenishing a lot from last year. Defensive line, they look pretty good. And I'm not going to lie to you. They're, they're replacing a few bodies, but they look pretty good as well. Offensive line, a little bit of a question mark. The running game, the backfield, 
A little bit of a question mark. Wide receiving room, huge question mark. And then you go to talk about the quarterback and there's a question mark there. And you're telling me that nine games is, is that's a good season. Anything less than that should be viewed as men. I don't see it. I don't see the vision there. Yeah, I, I agree with all that because like when you – yeah, when you're aging these these high-level talented guys out of high school, you're aging them to their sophomore, junior years. I think, you know, projecting out like next year when we're perceiving MJ to be QB1 in 2024, mm-hmm. for that year, depend. I mean, we still don't know exactly what we'll have, but I think 2024, 2025, that's when you can look at this and say – Okay, I think we're looking at a nine nine win minimum. Nine, ten that win should season. be the yeah. floor, yeah. and we need to be striving for nine and above because yes. we have all of this homegrown talent that we've been so focused on getting. We got it here. Player development is here. This is where we start and take that next step to further national relevancy. So, yeah, what is a good season in in twenty twenty three? It's up for discussion, but. Sounds like you and I agree here, Kenton. It's probably eight wins. That's a good season for NC State uh, here in 2023. But transitioning into our sponsors for today, that is Bird Dogs. Summer is here, and you need to be looking your absolute best. You can do just that with Bird Dogs. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and, and your leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. If you're going to the beach, you're going to the boardwalk, you're going to, maybe you're taking your girlfriend to the zoo. I don't know. You need to be looking your absolute best wherever you are out and about this summer. The way that bird dogs will fit you is far superior than regular shorts that are made of stiff and restricting cotton. Bird dogs will give you the the anti-sweat, the stink wicking, the flexibility to be on the prowl this summer. So what you need to do is go to birddogs.com slash college. Enter the promo code in all caps, Locked On College, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash College for a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. So, Kenton, this next segment, this is sort of brought to us by the folks at Locked On. Uh, what this hap- well, how this happened was they, we took a poll – each conference, every team per se in that conference mm-hmm. took polls on several different categories, such as top football programs in the ACC, top football coaches in the ACC, so on and so forth. The one that we're going to focus on here today is the top five football programs in the ACC, because I have some thoughts on it here. So number one, obviously we have Clemson. I'm not going to debate you there. I think that is well, well-earned, well-deserved. It is what it is, as much as we want to grit our teeth about this. Number two, Florida State. You know, of course, I believe this graphic is to be perceived in the year 2023, not just all time, not just last five years. We're taking this for this year in 2023. I'm cool with putting Florida State here at two. I think they they have a lot of talent. Um, The question here is going to be, can they put it all together to make a winning product? But it's been kind of cool to see NC State having Florida State's number in the last five, six years. It's been kind of remarkable because of their, you know, their well-known national prominence for NC State to beat them pretty consistently. It's been awesome to see. But this year, 2023, sure, you can have Florida State at number two. Here's where we have some beef. This will probably could not come as a surprise to some folks. They have North Carolina listed at three. 
Strong disagree. I, I, I don't know how you can put them at three other than just the national media is consistently gushing about the Tar Heel Blue. They wear Jordan brand uniforms. Drake Mays, their quarterback. Okay, what have they done with any of this? Sure, they won nine games last year. They made it to a bowl. They didn't win the bowl. They had Sam Howell getting, you know, notarized for being a Heisman potential. They didn't win nothing with Sam Howell. They didn't win nothing with Drake May. What do they what do they have to show for themselves to put them in the three spot here? I don't know. Kenton, I'm gonna get your thoughts on this in just a second here. They got NC State at four. I think three slash four, I think that's appropriate for state. I think we've had, you know, some pretty solid success here the last couple of years. I am anticipating successful here year this year in 2023. I like four. I like the four spot for here at NC State. And then Duke at five. This is a program on the rise. Um, look out for Duke this year. I think when we play Duke and Durham, it's going to be one heck of a game. They, they're they a program that's kind of been sneaking up on a lot of folks with the success that they've had of late. But this is the top five based on all ACC teams voting, and they kind of categorize it that way. Kenton, what are your thoughts on this top five? I can pretty much echo your sentiments to a T. Clemson is Clemson. They have a bunch of freaks of nature at a lot of positions, a lot of positions, particularly linebackers. Anybody who's heard me talk about uh, Carter and Trotter Jr., you know how I feel about them. Men amongst boys on that field. Great to see him. Florida State, like you said, team on the rise, team with uh, a top 10 pick in Jared Verse coming off the edge, a team with some serious firepower in terms of that offense, in terms of Johnny Wilson, in terms of uh, some of the leading rushers in the ACC and the nation last year, in terms of having a lot by way of that. North Carolina, this is a team that is replacing an entire secondary. Right. That is replacing receiver number one. That I believe they're replacing receiver number two as well. I believe Antoine Green Correct. Yep. went to the NFL as well. So you're replacing that a running game that was anemic at best last year, anemic at best. And you're telling me that this is the third best team in the conference. Now, listen, I'll give Drake Mays flowers because even though I hate UNC and even though I think that those flowers should have a not so nice aroma on them, they shouldn't be watered with water, but particularly a substance that may be human waste. That's another story for another time. I'll give him his flowers. He's a ball player. He he deserves all the love he gets. One man cannot win games by himself. The closest I've ever seen to it was Lamar Jackson, and even he. If you look at some of those games in Louisville, they got took out to the woodshed despite his best efforts there. So UNC at three here, I mean, I'll just say this. On, of these five teams, there was only one coach that was complaining as soon as the schedules came out. <laughs> there was only one coach that saw the schedule and was like, oh, whoa, 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 we've been done wrong. We've been done an injustice. And they've got them at number three. Okay. NC State at number four, I don't hate it. I don't love it. This is a team that I look at and I say, we have to prove ourselves. There's a lot of prove it guys on this team. Brennan Armstrong, prove it. Are you really the guy? MJ Morris, prove it. Can you take the spot if if Brendan Armstrong does not prove that he's the guy? Backfield, full of prove it, guys. Full of prove. Jordan Houston, I don't know if you noticed or not. 
people don't like you very much in terms of a football player. People do not think you're good at the game of football. I, I tend to think that you are. I tend to say that you give something called stability and availability, which is immensely valuable. But a lot of people don't think that you have that little pop that's needed, that little extra burst, that little make you miss in space. Show me something. Michael Allen, people don't know if you can stay healthy over a long period of time. I think you can. I, I think you can do it. I think that you can show the explosives you showed over a long period. Can you do it? That's the question. We have the wide receiver room full of guys, full of guys that's like, can you can you prove it? The defense is the defense. You know, you trust Coach Gibson to do what he does, but that's, that's there. Number five, Duke, I think they're a product of playing in the Coastal. I think they're a product of playing in the Coastal. And I will say this till I'm blue in the face or, or until uh, there is no more life left in me. I believe that UNC and NC State were literally one decision away from having completely different uh, outlooks in terms of what they have become in football. If you put NC State in the Coastal and give us a schedule that included Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Virginia Tech, all every season, every single season, you get those three teams. Yeah, I, I have a strong suspicion we would have made ourselves our way to the ACC championship uh, by now. But if ifs and buts were berries and nuts, squirrels would never starve. But here we are in the real world, so we got to live in the real world. I think NC State at four is a little high. I think Duke is where they're supposed to be. I think UNC, you're out of your mind putting them at three, uh, and two and one are, are in line for me. You know, it's it's interesting especially this year because you're going to see the ACC without those divisions there is no longer a coastal or an Atlantic and so these teams like a Duke or like a UNC yeah now you're going to have to prove it you're going to you've been talking that talk uh from the coastal side of the ACC saying oh yeah we're we're a strong ACC team we're pulling our weight over here okay well what's going to happen when you run into a Florida State every single year a Clemson every single year of course we see unc anyway but i'm excited to play duke more often because that is something i think that should be a regular thing it's been a bit of a travesty that it hasn't but i'm excited to see how these teams in the coastal will fare against these atlantic teams because yeah i'm not breaking any news here the atlantic has been pulling the acc's weight for quite some time now in football and so yeah i mean it's the rankings there, yeah, your top two, sure. I think uh, I think when it's all said and done this year, you're going to see NC State finish above North Carolina because, yeah, like you mentioned, one guy, he can't win you every game, and I think you're going to see some of that struggle for Drake May. He is a, he's a great player. I'll, I'll give him that, but he can't do it all. Um, and then, yeah, Duke there at five, yeah, they're, great. they're a good team. I'm excited to see what we have when we roll over to Durham and take them on, but – NC State being at the four probably should be maybe at the three. Yeah, I, I like that because we're we're now offered the opportunity, like we've talked about before, to prove these folks wrong. We when you're expected to not exactly do the most, that's when you get more out of the out of these NC State teams. And I think this 2023 football team is a prime example of that. But we're gonna wrap a bow on this thing after a quick word from our sponsors. Last kind of wrap-up segment here, talking some football recruiting. Uh, Last weekend was kind of the first big football recruiting weekend of the summer. 
We have another massive one coming up this weekend that we're going to talk a lot about on tomorrow's show. But over this last weekend, we had a couple commits. Uh, linebacker Zane Williams, defensive lineman Chase Bond. You know, some good depth pieces. That was the first Power 5 offer for both of those guys. You know, player development is a thing that we pride ourselves extremely heavily on at NC State. They could end up being big names here at NC State by the time it's all said and done. Uh, I also saw we offered a transfer quarterback here on Wednesday, Dom Schaffner, who's had previous stops at Eastern Illinois, North Carolina Central, and Charlotte. Again, good depth piece. We saw just last year, you're going to need sometimes four quarterbacks to get you through a season. Now, hope it never comes to that again, but you have to have guys that are ready uh, when their name is called. But kind of the the main focus of last weekend were a couple highly touted wide receivers in Jordan Ship and Keenan Jackson. And I kind of want to reinforce a couple points that we've already made here on this program. One, we have to build this fence around the state of North Carolina. Both of these wide receivers are from Charlotte or the Charlotte area. You know, they're they're picking up a lot of high-level offers. I know Jordan Ship has been interested in Michigan, UNC, Louisville, just to name a few. We're in the mix for Jordan Ship. Keenan Jackson's heard from Duke, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. We're in the mix for that one as well. These homegrown guys, it is imperative that we start making a bigger name for ourselves, NC State that is, mm-hmm. in the state of North Carolina and keeping this high-level talent here. Because in addition to also winning games, that is how we're going to take that next step to elevating that floor to nine wins, maybe 10 wins, so on and so forth. But Ken, what are your thoughts on uh, this past weekend? couple commitments, couple official visits. How are we looking so far after one weekend of uh, summer recruiting? The 2024 class is shaping up well, um, but the reality is we all know that this is – recruiting is fun to talk about. It's all about number one, getting them here, getting them to sign yeah. that dotted line. And and number two, what do they produce when they're on the field? Doesn't yeah. matter if you have a bunch of five stars if you don't develop them. Doesn't matter if you have a bunch of two stars if you're developing them better than anybody else. What matters is how are you putting the pieces together to build a winning formula? That's all that matters here. So, you know, it's, it's going to be great to see this thing going forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, this is all great fun to talk about. It's all fine and dandy. But – we got to get the guys here. We have to get some dogs in the doghouse if we're going to compete with the Florida States, the Clemsons, and whoever else rises to the bell here in the ACC. We have to take that next step because, yes, in you know when we were talking just a couple weeks ago about NC State looking for some more revenue and conference realignment, this recruiting and making it happen on the field, that is where the opportunities and the extra doors will continue to open up for NC state. So the time is now the getting is good. We have to land these high level receivers um, and then develop them because that is what we do best here at NC state. If we are to take that next step into national relevancy, which a lot of fans are desperately craving, we need more of these consistent nine, 10 win seasons. We're looking for more of that success uh, because we have a fan base that deserves every bit of it. Waiting so long for, any type of hardware, but, you know, especially here in football. So, Kenton, any last words for us here on this Thursday? Again, I, I think that if we're talking about what a good season is, I think that we need to define good on the same level here. I think we need to level set for what good is. But even going beyond that, beyond level setting for what good is, um, 
I, I think that we also need to be honest with ourselves a little bit and take off our wolf colored glasses to say, hey, wolf pack by 50 every time. We, we need to kind of realize that while we love that and while that could be this team's future at one point in time going forward to where we, we develop into that powerhouse, national powerhouse that Clemson has been and all that, it's at the moment. I think that we need to be honest with if good is a season that you aren't looking around for heads to roll, that you're like, you know what? I can live with this. This is, and maybe a little above that, maybe a little above that, because I think for an average season, you're looking for some changes, but I think for a good season, I don't think you're looking around saying, Hey, heads need to roll. I think you're saying, man, I would have liked for this game or that game to go differently, but I can live with this. And I think that eight games with this team as it's constructed is good enough per se. Absolutely. And something I forgot to mention earlier, because last year we did finish with eight wins, but for a lot of people, it felt like a massive failure. Of course, that was because of the, you know, the abundance of injuries and lack of, you know, consistently good quarterback play. Go ahead. And I can agree with that. Given the circumstances coming in with the offensive player of the year, last year to me, 10 wins is a good season. Correct. 10 wins is a good season, returning everything on defense, bringing everybody back defensively, bringing back all of your weapons virtually offensively. Last year, 10 wins is a good season. Each season is its own season. This season, we don't have the offensive player of the year, preseason offensive player of the year, uh, strolling through the doors. We just don't. This season, we don't have a, a linebacker court with three guys who have had over 100 tackles in a season. We don't. And so I, I think that that needs to be acknowledged in terms of the the floor being eight games or like good being eight games is one thing, but acknowledging each season as his own is another that needs to be done as well. Absolutely. Well, for Kenton Gibbs and myself, that's going to do it for us here on this Thursday. Drop us a like, drop us some comments on your way out the door. Let us know what you think a good season for NC State would look like in the year 2023. Let us know why what you think, or I guess how you see the season going. We want to know everything. So drop us some comments, mash that subscribe button as we continue to climb our way up this thing. And uh, thank you for listening as always. Go Pack. Go Pack.